This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. It is Tuesday, April 5th. On this episode, we're going to break down Ohio State's big recruiting weekend, which included a number of five-star prospects making their way up to Columbus from the state of Florida. We're going to have Bill Kerlick, the dean of Ohio State football recruiting, joining us. He does a great job over at bucknuts.com. Ohio State and Ryan Day, number seven right now nationally in the composite team recruiting rankings and number two among Big Ten schools. And obviously heading into the spring evaluation period, the Buckeyes could be a team to watch in the national picture. But before we get to that Ohio State discussion with Bill Kerlick, let's take a look at what's trending on this Tuesday in early April. Five-star offensive lineman Francis Maui Goa is hoping to take some official visits in June. 24-7 Sports National Recruiting Analyst Andrew Ivins caught up with Maui Goa over the weekend at the Elite Underclassmen Camp in Orlando. And Maui Goa mentioned that he had a top 13 last month, is hoping to narrow things down, and is hoping to hit the road and take a look at some of those options. Now, what's really interesting about the official visit process with him specifically is the the fact that he's got family in American Samoa and there are travel restrictions due to the pandemic that could make things a little bit tricky. Regardless, it seems like Miami and USC are, are two schools that are being mentioned quite a bit right now with Maui Goa, USC being a West Coast program closer to the Pacific, obviously one of the schools that has been known to produce Polynesian prospects and a program that I think right now is all hands on deck when it comes to building up front. Miami is a school that he has a lot of familiarity with playing his ball right now in Bradenton, Florida at IMG, but he has has that long-standing connection with Mario Cristobal and the offensive line coach there, Alex Mirabal, with the Hurricanes. And don't forget Joe Salavea, who has deep, deep ties in the Polynesian community. So Miami, USC will continue to talk about those two new staffs in their new positions and they're hitting the ground running. Maui Goa also wants to check out a, a couple other schools. Florida is, is being mentioned there as make, making a strong push. Bama, Georgia, Oklahoma, Texas. Oregon is still in the mix, despite Crystal Ball now being in South Beach. Ohio State, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Penn State, Michigan, LSU, a bunch of other schools in the mix right now for Maui Goa, the massive offensive tackle who has uh, the, the attention of college coaches from across the country. Country. And what else is trending? How about Nicholas Harbor, the Washington, D.C. five-star edge rusher, 6'5", 235, and he ran the 100 meters over the weekend in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina at a blistering 10.32 seconds. I mean, that is that is insane at his size with his measurables to be able to run that fast. And obviously, that five-star prospect is making some big-time noise heading into the spring evaluation period. Recruiting is also taking off. He's 
he's got Bama, Penn State, A&M, Michigan, Tennessee, Florida, Stanford, Miami, a number of other programs pushing for him and making him a huge priority early on in the 2023 recruiting cycle. For the latest on that recruitment, check out 24-7 Sports National Recruiting Analyst Brian Doan, who caught up with Nicholas Harbor. Get all the scoop there. Brian Doan was actually in the D.C. area for a Battle 7-on-7 tournament. He had an eye-catcher's article over at 24-7 Sports, as well as Ann Drivens, who was at the Elite Underclassmen Camp in Orlando and had a Top Performers article that you could check out over at 247sports.com as well. Let's bring in now the Dean of Ohio State Football Recruiting over at Bucknuts, the Ohio State website on the 24-7 Sports Network, Mr. Bill Curlick. Bill, how are we doing? Well, this morning, kind of a busy weekend for sure. I stayed, had an impressive list of kids visiting, so made it for a busy weekend on our site, bucknuts.com, but uh, doing well. It's always good to be busy, and, and especially, Bill, after the last couple of years, right, where we had the pandemic affect spring visits, on-campus visits, in-person meetings, all that sort of stuff that we are so familiar with in a normal recruiting cycle, uh, we're back. And it's it's full go. And we saw that with the list that Ohio State was able to compile this past weekend, a number of high profile prospects making it up to Columbus. What was your overall grand scheme vibe and the feel that you got from recruits and your sources about how it went for the Buckeyes this past weekend before we start to get into some some of these specific recruitments? I did not expect really necessarily any commitments to happen this weekend. As you know, Blair, the old days of a a kid walking on campus and announcing on Sunday afternoon that he's committed to a school, those are pretty much in the rearview mirror. It really doesn't happen like that very often anymore. So I didn't really expect that there would be, you know, commitments. Having said that, I think Ohio State, you know, is coming out of this and coming away feeling very good about how things went. You know, they had a spectacular group of kids from the state of Florida. And, you know, I think that Ohio State, if they weren't already the leader, one of the leaders, they came out of the weekend as the leader or one of the leaders, at least for a number of those prospects from the state of Florida. And that was a big deal because it was a great group of players. And they, they did well with some other players too, from other states as well. But I think that was kind of the, the, the key vibe takeaway with kids from the state of Florida. And, and I mean, big time kids. <laughs> Yeah, and one of those was Brandon Innes. We know what Ohio State does at the receiver position. We know what assistant coach Brian Hartline is able to do as a recruiter, as an evaluator, as well as a developer of talent. What what kind of vibe do you have on the five-star wide receiver from the state of Florida and Ohio State's chances to to reel him in? I think um, the vibe beforehand was that USC had the upper hand. And, And I'm not saying that they don't still have that upper hand, but I'm saying that it's really tight, I think. And you know, I could I think I could make a case for Ohio State being even and maybe even taking a slight lead, but I, I don't know that I want to necessarily go quite that far yet. But I think Ohio State is absolutely right there now with USC at the top of Ennis's list. He had a great time and you know he's already scheduled an official visit back to Ohio State. Um, he's gonna make an official visit for the weekend of November 26th. And as he put it, which is a good thing if you're an Ohio State fan, as he put it, he's going to make an official visit back for when Ohio State plays that team up north. So he already is sounding a little bit like he knows 
Ohio State football, so to speak. So they did extremely well with him. Having said all that, he told me he's probably going to take it all the way through the process and not decide until he takes official visits and gets to the end of the process. So he's not going to be one of those kids unless something changes that he comes out, say, um, in late May or June and announces a commitment. We're going to take a short break, but we'll be right back to discuss more of the prospects from the state of Florida, as well as a high-profile quarterback that made it up to Columbus this past weekend. You are listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. We are back on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast, continuing our conversation on Ohio State, which right now sits number two among Big Ten schools, number seven nationally. They have five commitments in the 2023 class. Four of those are rated four stars. I am joined by Bill Curlick. He's the dean of Ohio State recruiting over at Bucknuts. Big time Buckeyes insider joining us. And Bill... We mentioned Brandon Innes, but he wasn't the only prospect from the state of Florida. You mentioned it, how impressive of a list that was from the Sunshine State to make it up to Columbus. And it's very clear that Ryan Day is prioritizing those prospects down there. Running back Stacey Gage, receiver Jeremiah Smith, uh, receiver Carnell Tate. The number two running back in the top 24-7, Cedric Baxter Jr. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's looking like Ohio State, if they're able to put together a really good spring and draw some of these visitors back on campus in June, heading into heading into fall camp, uh, that they could make a serious run at a number of these players. No question about that, Blair. We, we talked about Ennis and how Ohio State, you know, I, I think really helped themselves there. But Ohio State is, is the leader for both Carnell Tate five-star wide receiver in the class of 2023, and then five-star wide receiver Jeremiah Smith from the class of 2024. Uh, you know, Ohio State is in a position that they are the team to beat, in my mind, for those two players, and, and they're tremendous wide receiver prospects. And, you know, the, the beat kind of goes on at wide receiver for Ohio State. So they, they did extremely well with those two. Cedric Baxter, uh, without a doubt, liked his visit. I think is definitely in the running for him. And Damon Fagan, the uh, four-star safety from Florida, he's another kid that uh, I State, I think, is the leader right now for. He said I stayed in the top three, but I think they probably have the lead right now, and uh, we'll see how they go about that with, with, with Damon Fagan. They've already got one commitment at safety, that being uh, Cedric Hawkins, who also was here and is also a Floridian. And then uh, Malik Hartford from Ohio is going to announce his decision on Wednesday. And Crystal Ball, I believe, is 100% Ohio State on him. So uh, we'll, we'll see how things work out at safety. And Ohio State has a few other safeties that are highly rated that, that they could land as well. 
Yeah, we, we talked about it in the previous cycle, right? How big the safety position was for Ohio State, not only in 22, but also in 23. Sonny Styles able to reclassify to 22 after uh, it looked like they were going to miss on some top targets, uh, including Zion Branch out of, out of Las Vegas, who ended up signing with USC. And, and we've talked about this before, Bill. Ohio State's in a different tier, right? Like they're in a different echelon of recruiting where they are being selective and it, it's it's kind of like a pick and choose. Like they are turning down commitments to really wait out some some prospects to wait out some of the higher profile players that will decide later on in a recruiting cycle but as we head into the evaluation period do you have a sense of the pace or the the type of rhythm that Ryan Day hopes to have in terms of landing commitments heading into the season is there a certain number that he hopes he has already on board given the fact that we have the early the early admission now, the early signing period, as well as the transfer portal, which is affecting the number of allotments in in every recruiting class. I don't think there's any certain pace. You know, in previous years, Ryan Day has got a lot of commitments early and been really pretty filled up going into even uh, November. Last year, this past cycle, 2022, they got some big commitments really down the stretch that that were very important. This year, you know, I I think they're... um, Maybe, I don't know, I wouldn't say behind because they're doing really well. Uh, as you mentioned, they have the number seven class in the country, but they don't have high volume right now of commitments. And I think that that's going to come. Uh, as a matter of fact, what Ryan Day wants is he wants them to be sure. If you need to take your time, take your time. He would prefer that they take their time, make their decision. And then once they commit to Ohio State, not visit other schools, be done with it, so to speak. So he's willing to wait. And when you're Ohio State, you can do that. I think they're on a great pace and that they're going to have a great class when all is said and done. It's just that they're they're going to they're gonna wait on the big name kids that they want because they know they have a good shot at getting them. And, you know, they know that if things don't work out, there's a lot of other kids that uh, really are outstanding players too that do want to go to Ohio State. Yeah, Ryan Day, I think we all know, can be a little bit more methodical. And even when he jumps into a recruitment fairly late, uh, like he did with Devin Brown in the previous class, right? Landing that commitment. He had been committed to USC for such a long time, was the last offer essentially to come into the picture. And and lo and behold, they land uh, one of the fastest rising quarterback prospects in the country and a player that's looking like going to be a a really nice pickup for the Buckeyes. And, And speaking of quarterbacks, Bill, before we go, I did see that Dante Moore was on the on the visitor list. He's a five-star in the 23 class. They also had a five-star in the 24 class in Dylan Riola. Brandon Huffman and I broke down a little bit of his visit on, on the West of the Rest podcast on Monday. But, you know, in terms of methodical approach for Ryan Day, uh, how do you see him staggering the quarterback room now that he is able to add five-star after five-star? Uh, is he hoping to maybe kind of take one every other recruiting class? Is he trying to get one every class? Like, what what have you noticed about that approach there, and and you know the, their chances to potentially you know make a run there at Dante Moore or even a Dylan Riola? They want to get a great quarterback in every class. That is their goal, and they've been pretty really successful at it. Actually, you mentioned uh, how they got in on Devin Brown late and landed him. And by the way, he's been impressive in the spring practices. I've been you know? I've been hearing Bill, and I've been meaning to text you because he's my guy right out of the state of Utah, formerly out of the state of Arizona. I always try to keep up with some of these guys after following their recruitments for for three four years. Um, and obviously, Devin Brown was was one of those prospects that I was checking 
checking in with seemingly every day down the stretch as he was making a decision. So yeah, I've been reading some practice reports. I've been seeing some videos on Twitter. I mean, it sounds like they got a steal there. Their quarterback room is tremendous. You know, C.J. Stroud's a Heisman Trophy candidate. Kyle McCord is a former five-star that if Kyle McCord needs to go in, if he, right now, if he needs to go in, he can get the job done, absolutely. He's he's very good. And Devin Brown has been very impressive. So that is a loaded and a young quarterback room. I don't think most people expect C.J. Stroud to be at Ohio State after this coming season. But if he wants to, he's got several seasons he can still stay. And then you got McCord and Brown. And they want to get a great 2023 quarterback. As far as Dante Moore, he was at Ohio State this past weekend. I think that's going to be a little bit of a tough one. I, I think Notre Dame and Michigan may be tough to beat. But, you know, we'll see. Chris Vazina from Alabama is a guy that they've offered and that I, I think is a better chance to end up at Ohio State. But their goal is absolutely every year to get a great quarterback in, in their that class. It's. I think it's been interesting, Blair, with Lincoln Riley going to USC. It's kind of going to be an interesting thing moving forward to watch the quarterback wide receiver battles now on the recruiting front between USC, Lincoln Riley, and Ohio State. I think it's going to be very interesting to watch those battles in the next few years. I mean, well, just think about it regionally, right, Bill? Ohio State has been making a killing out west at the receiver front, dating back to Chris Olave, and you got G. Scott, and Emeka Ibuka, and Keon Grays, and the list goes on. And then at quarterback, the, you know, they they landed C.J. Stroud out of California, Jack Miller a few a few classes ago, who's now at Florida out, out of the state of Arizona. And USC is going to make the West Coast kind of their breeding ground, especially with Lincoln Riley jumping on board. So it's going to be, like you mentioned, very fast fascinating to see some of those battles between Ohio State and USC on the recruiting front. And by the way, Dylan Raiola did say that when he was in those quarterback meeting rooms, he called it a first class setup, right? The way that everyone uh, approaches the the position, it's very businesslike. And he really liked kind of that, that feel that they gave off in terms of creating one quarterback room as a unit. Uh, and, and he thought it was very impressive. So he's going to be one to watch for sure for Ohio State in the 2024 class. Speaking of first class, Mr. Bill Curley. Lick, the Dean of Ohio State Recruiting. Thank you so much for joining us today, Bill. Appreciate it as always, Blair. And you uh, do a great job and certainly help us out at Bucknuts and, and uh, our Bucknuts people certainly appreciate that. All right, that is Bill Curlick. You follow him on Twitter at Bill underscore Curlick, recruiting insider over at Bucknuts.com. For Bill and our producer, Lance Glenn, I am Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!